Hey everybody, welcome to the Meeple Mentor YouTube channel and or the podcast, which is called Mentor Minutes, and I, I'm Jared. I'm Jay. Yeah, today we are going to be talking about a number of things, but mainly our top 10 choices or picks for best gateway games to introduce to new gamers or people yeah. who aren't familiar with modern gaming. Yeah, and, and uh, that term gateway, right, is a, is definitely something used in the hobby, but what it really represents are entry-level games that you can introduce to friends who may have only played traditional games like Monopoly, Scrabble, and you know other, other games like that. Sorry, Trouble, stuff right. like that. A lot of chance games. Yes. Um, so a lot of more modern games are uh, very strategic in nature, uh, and they offer a lot of different new game mechanisms that really haven't been seen in some of those older games. Mm. Um, so do you have any um, any way that you you kind of put this list together? Or how did you decide on your top 10? There's a lot of great gateway games out. Yeah, the, the, this is one of those where you, you, know, you could have 50 games easy on this list. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I what I did is based on my experience introducing these games to non-gamers, um, these were the 10 that I found are typically the most successful. Like well-received. Um, well-received. Um, and they also have some of the um, sort of smallest rules overhead. Uh, so they're easy. you can play it with any group. You know, that's that's what I looked at is, is would any of these games, would I introduce it to anyone? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and for me, I would. Cool. Yep. I like that. So for you, it narrowed down by wide appeal yep. and simple or, or not a lot of rules. Yeah. And also I tried to also uh, go across some different um, like mechanisms and styles. So mm -hmm. there'd be some diversity. So they're not all, you know, card games and sure. that kind of thing. How about so, you? Well, I, I ended up making a list of like 25 and then I had to narrow it down to top 10 again. Yeah, so, at about 20, I think. Um, who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll do a follow up to this and talk about more gateway games or, mm. or level two gateway games, you know, like yeah. stuff that you might show later. Because what I did was out of this list, I said, OK, well, I want to pick stuff that maybe a lot of people aren't as familiar with, but are mm -hmm. still really great and sort of uh, use this as a jumping point to look into some new games that you might want to mm -hmm. show your uh, your non-gaming friends. So hopefully there's a lot, not a lot of crossover between us on this list. Mm -hmm. And hopefully there's not too many that um, are expected. Um, but with that said... I also wanted to, uh, I mean, certainly the roles complexity was a big one. Uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure I chose games that didn't uh, overcomplicate things or, or introduce too much too fast. Yep. Um, but the second thing that I wanted to do out of all 10 picks was have uh, each game introduce a new game mechanism known in the modern game. Okay. In modern game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so each one uh, is different in the sense that if, you know, if they played all 10 of these, They'll have a pretty good sense of where the modern gaming is, mm -hmm. and if any one of them really stands out as someone's favorite, you can then point to another game in that mechanism. Yeah, um, that you know to the next level of gaming. Yeah, so. no, that sounds good. Yeah, and I think also some of the decision too was, um, you know, there's some great gateway games for a specific group of people who are new to the hobby, um, but I was going for wide appeal yeah. as well. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's uh, how I frame this. I think we're ready to go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's look at our number 10. Number 10. So my number 10 pick is a roll and write game. 
uh, I figured which which Roland Wright would be a really good one to introduce to people. You might be thinking it's the Railroad Inc., but it's not. It's mm. a game called On Tour, uh, uh, partly because mm. I'm just a big fan of uh, the rock and roll theme of touring across the United States. Um, if you haven't played it, you roll uh, two dice and then you take the numbers of each. And like if you rolled a two and a five, then you'd have to write a 25 and a 52. Mm. Uh, somewhere on the city's uh, little bubbles on your your individual player board and it's a you know obviously a dry race and at the very end of the game once all the cities have numbers in them you want to basically create the longest path mm-hmm. going sequential sequentially upwards you know from lowest to highest and i believe you're allowed to repeat the same number so if you go yeah. from 10 to 10 yeah. that's fine but um it's uh, very simple to play, very simple to teach, and I feel like the theme of this one grabs mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. a little bit more than Railroad Inc., plus there's less drawing required, uh, whereas Railroad Inc., if you've played it, has you know all these different squares, and you have to be able to draw the difference between mm-hmm. uh, a railroad and a regular road and other things if you add the other stuff. So I felt on tour, uh, it doesn't last too long of a game, but it's always a lot of fun. It's very colorful, mm-hmm. um, and it introduces that roll and write concept pretty well for new players yeah yeah i agree um and they they really use that sort of classic uh thing where you're you're just using numbers you know but and you have a, a map of the u.s so it's mm-hmm. familiar um and i think a lot of the roll and write games like uh quinto and um games like that quicks mm-hmm. use that simple numbering system and those have definitely been hits for me too so yeah that's a great pick cool thanks okay so for my number 10 um i chose a card game um, a lot of the reasons I'll introduce this game to players is because I assume they're probably familiar with, you know, a deck of cards. And so it's a little bit uh, less intimidating if you pull out a stack of cards as opposed to, you know, this big, you know, game board that looks unfamiliar. Uh, and the name of that game is Sushi Go. Um, I was thinking you might say Exploding <laughs> Kittens. No, no. Well, you know, the, the thing with Exploding Kittens is... It's one of the, it has some of that take that, a few other things. Um, and I think that's probably a good choice for kids, though. Or, you know, I don't know. The, kids, yeah. the theme is a little bit out there. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little out there. That's Blowing true. cats and That's stuff. true. This is much more friendly sushi theme. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, uh, you know, this this game is great because it's very simple. Um, you're just collecting sets of cards. Uh, and it doesn't have a lot of, like, sim- symbology on the cards or anything Symbolism. like that. Symbolism. Um, it's just a... A uh, simple game that also introduces uh, something that a lot of people haven't seen before, and that's drafting. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you start out with a hand of cards. You know, you have to keep one of them and then pass the the, the rest of the stack to the player on your left. And it just repeats itself like that. Um, and as and the cards that you're keeping are the ones that you're using to, to make sets. And you basically score points based on uh, collecting sets in different ways. You know, three of a kind or two of a kind, um, you know, the most of one kind, etc. So this one's been a hit where, you know, once that drafting mechanism is kind of realized and... Um, that light goes on to say, oh, well, you know, it, this this hand is probably going to get back to me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so what do I want to give up and what do I want to actually give the player on my, on my left? And I find that in the three rounds of the game that you play, it's usually after that first round that things start to really click. Mm-hmm. And then by the third round, you know, it's just everybody knows the rules. There's no questions about how to play it. Of course, um, it plays so fast, too. And it plays really, yeah, really quickly. Know. 
playing um, one round is is not that it doesn't take that long. Yeah, anyway. like five five minutes or so. Um, now, with Sushi Go, do you remember how many players it can play up to? So um, Sushi Go, I think traditionally plays four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to buy this game, and they're very affordable, um, mm-hmm. I would go with Sushi Go Party. And what it is is it's a bigger box version of Sushi Go. It's still only about fifteen dollars, um, and it accommodates up to ten players. Oh, wow. um, and you also have a lot of extra cards that you can mix in, but it still lets you play the standard game, you know, with more players as well. So cool. that's the actual version that I have. So Sushi Sweet. Go is my number ten. Good pick. Number nine. So for my number nine, um, I went with a traditional word game um, that has kind of a twist. Um, so lots of people are familiar with, you know, Scrabble or categories or passphrase, those kinds of words. Um, this game uses words in an interesting way, uh, but it also introduces a modern mechanic, and that is uh, a hidden traitor. Um, and the game is called The Chameleon. Oh. And uh, this this game has been a huge hit with people I've introduced this to. Um, the I've way seen it at Target. It's really good. Yeah, yeah and, and it's at Target. So it's right. very, you know, a lot of people that I've taught this to have just instantly gone out and yeah. bought it. So that, that knocks off that one category right there. Wide, yeah. Widely appeal. Widely appeal. Uh, it's You can get it anywhere. Easily found. Um, it's easy found. Stores. It also plays, you know, a large player kind of. I think it plays eight, eight players. That's awesome. Um, and the way that the game works is... Uh, everybody has a card in their hand that they're given secretly out. And the cards are identical for every player except for one. Uh, the, the one player just gets essentially a blank card that says you're the chameleon. So they're the, the secret player in the game. Like the traitor. Like the traitor. Everybody else has a card that has a grid. You know, similar to what you'd see like on Battleship. Like, you know, A A through F and then one through three or one through six or something at the top. One through three. <laughs> yeah. That's, that would that's be a short, that would be an easy game, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, it's, this is the children's work. It's like my first chameleon. <laughs> my first Battleship. It's like a four by four grid. <laughs> yeah, kids play for five minutes. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be fine. Um, so, so anyway, uh, the way it works is everybody has this grid and then you have uh, two dice and uh, the, the starting player will roll the dice, and basically that will um, show them, okay, which letter am I looking at, and then which number am I looking at? And then there's a card in the center of the table that has a bunch of words that match a specific category, like animals, that are in that exact same grid. So everybody but one player is gonna look and they're gonna say, you know, B5, and B5 on the table is elephant. So everybody knows that elephant is the secret word, mm-hmm. except for one player. And so the way the game begins then is everybody has to give a one word clue to try to convince everybody else at the table that they know what this, the word is, elephant, but not giving so much information away that the the chameleon can figure out what the, the it is. And you just go around one time, everybody gives one word, mm-hmm. and then everybody simultaneously points to who they think the chameleon is. And uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. Um, Sounds fun. A great game, and it introduces that sort of hidden hidden role or hidden trailer to, to the game uh, in, a, in a span of about three minutes so um, awesome. per, per round. So that's my number nine, the chameleon. Excellent. Uh, we'll have to try to play yeah. that with some larger groups. Yeah, it's once, really, it's, it's the more happens. players, the better with this yeah. game. Definitely. So it's interesting that your uh, number nine pick included uh, a game with a trader. Yep. Because that was also a game mechanism that I chose for my number nine pick. Okay. Um, this one just came out last year. Also found at Target. It's called The Shining based huh. off of uh, Stephen uh 
Kubrick. This uh, the novels by Stephen King. Stephen King. Yes, and it's a Kubrick movie. <laughs> but it's a Kubrick movie. Yeah, that's it. That's so it. the okay. art. The artwork. Sorry, I got the names all confused. The artwork in this game are um, are based on the images that you saw in Kubrick's version of the movie, and but they're not taken directly. Like they're artistic, you know, impressions oh, okay. and stuff. Kind of like they do with the Disney. Games yeah, and sort stuff. of. Um, but in this game, you have to last out the winter over like three or four months. And there's, uh, also hidden roles. So everybody's a caretaker except for one person who is, uh, basically they start the game possessed already from the hotel. And that player is trying to basically subvert, uh, you know, the other players goals. Um, and basically you've got a pawn on the board and there's various rooms all, you know, iconic from the movie or from the book. And you move to a room, you do the action that the room does. Uh, usually you're collecting uh, willpower tokens, and those tokens could be images of weapons like a baseball bat or an axe, or it could be a, a whiskey um, shot. And all of these willpower tokens add, uh, basically, they add up at the end of a round. And as long as your total value of willpower is greater than the two shining cards that you were dealt uh, secretly at the beginning of the round, then you're okay. But if the two shining cards flip over and that value is more than your willpower, then you become temporarily possessed and you are forced to attack uh, the nearest player on the board where you are. Uh, so you would move if you had to to attack somebody. So there's not like one player that's the, the traitor for the entire game? There it is. Switch? Oh, there is one. There so, is. Okay. So, so okay. anybody can temporarily be possessed through this. But there's one person from the beginning who's always possessed, and they, well, I mean, you still, they won't know their shining cards, but they may plan, you know, to try to get less willpower, and but not make it obvious. So that so they, they throw suspicion off themselves. And so that they still huh. become that player who doesn't attack, but it makes it look like maybe they were still trying to not get possessed. Huh. Um, and this was at Target too, wasn't it? It yeah. is. Okay. It's a, a game from the OP, I think, from okay. they, yeah, they've Prospero done a lot of... Hall. Yeah, I, I never yeah. didn't know anything about this game, and, and I'm I'm not like a big fan of the movie or anything, um, I so I didn't know what it, I yeah I didn't know what it was even about. But yeah. um, it's kind of great that some of these mass market games are actually like have good mechanisms in them. Yeah, I, I think hmm. so. It's a very light, you know, maybe medium weight, but pretty light game. Hmm. Um, it doesn't take too long to play, maybe thirty minutes, um, and you can play up to five people. But there is a version where you can play without the trader. But I just I recommend doing yeah. it anyway. Wouldn't be as fun. It, I just don't think it would be as fun without hmm. no, thinking that there's someone out there that's already possessed and trying to you know win. Yeah, sounds um, sounds interesting. It's, it's a lot of fun, and you know, it's not like the best game in the world but it is like for a gateway game to introduce trading the trader mechanic and it's otherwise cooperative i feel like this ticks a lot of boxes for a game that you would introduce to some new gamers yeah and the, the fact the that it's too is, readily available you know you can just send, yeah. a, send someone to target to go pick it up so yeah, so that's my number nine all right cool number eight Okay, so my number eight takes on another game mechanism, and this happens to be one of my favorite game mechanisms, uh, worker placement. Uh, this is a small, small box game, um, and the first of this developer's small boxes, and you'll see what it is. It's called Mint Works. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and it's the first that started like small. <laughs> three or four of their games after this that all still 
you know, occupy the size of a mint tin can. Mm -hmm. And uh, this first one I think is excellent because again, it doesn't take long to play. The rules are very easy to explain and you quickly learn what worker placement is. There's various cards out on the board that have uh, action spots and players can place workers there uh, and sometimes you place more than one to try to do a better action um, and then there's ways to collect more workers but there's basically one worker pool of all you know the same white peppermint looking mints mm -hmm. um, and so you kind of go back and forth of spending a lot and gaining some more and essentially you're trying to collect um, uh, like these goal cards and be able to complete those and once you once any player has completed the, the required amount uh, They win the game and the game stops um, hmm. and, it, and it's awesome and the fact that you can just keep it in your pocket <laughs> and then pull it out yeah. and play it anywhere uh, It I mean that's an extra uh, plus because if you weren't even getting together for games You could still bring this in your pocket and let's say you're just sitting at the table and you're like, hey, let me just show you this. And it's like, it looks like mints, right? Or, no. like, a, or like a restaurant or something. Yeah, a restaurant. Yeah. It's like, this is yeah. just a little mint game. It's it's pretty cool. It's very non-threatening. Mm -hmm. um, and it gets pe uh, people into it because it looks so unique and mm. so interesting yeah so that's and and that these have become really popular there's mm -hmm. like four or five of them now yeah. i think mint so. delivery mint cooperative yeah. i think another, another kickstarter yeah yeah they keep going and so they're very popular yeah i have a good pick Thanks. i like that one i didn't even think of that one but i i think i think you're exactly right with that one um so for my number eight um i picked a very traditional sort of party style game uh, but also has a bit of a twist to it as well. So um, a lot of the, the classic games of um, like charades or um, where you're trying to give somebody a clue to guess a word, um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with that kind of taboo. a game. Like Taboo, exactly. Um, so this kind of takes that and just sort of ups it a little bit and almost turns it into a team game. Uh, and the name of this game is called When I Dream. Mm. Uh, and the way this game works is... Uh, it also plays a large player count, like up to 10 people. Um, somebody is going to be blindfolded or have their eyes closed. And then everybody else is going to get a secret role. And they're already. I mean, they're already, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not like anything with pinatas or anything like that. Um, oh, it comes with a baseball bat. <laughs> it does not come with a baseball bat. Uh, but uh, so everybody's going to get a card that has a role. And you're either going to be um, one of three different characters. Uh, so you're either going to be like... Uh, the fairies, which are like the good side, uh, you're going to be the um, uh, the Sandman, uh, which is uh, sort of a, a neutral player, or you're going to be the boogeyman. Um, and so depending on your role, what's going to happen is the person who's blindfolded is going to need to guess a word that's on a card that they're not seeing. And everybody's going to take a turn giving, again, a one word clue going around the table, trying to get that person to guess that word. The, the fun part is that if you're a fairy, you're trying to get the player to guess the word. If you're a boogeyman, uh, you're trying to get them to not guess the word or to guess incorrectly. And if you're the sandman, you're trying to get them to guess an equal amount of, of good guesses and an equal amount of bad guesses. Uh, so, and you just keep going around for about like two and a half minutes. And then at the end, however many uh, cards the player guessed right, that's how many points they get. And then the team, the fairies get that many points, and then the boogeymen get the points for the ones that got wrong. But the roles are all secret. But the roles are all secret, and every round the roles switch. Oh, no. So you start to pick up on who is sort of on your team that's trying to help either 
<laughs> help the person with the blindfold or not. Um, but this is just one of those games that is just laugh out loud hilarious. It's frustrating because you can't say anything when somebody gives a really bad word, like a bad word to get them to guess wrong. Because if you make like any sort of verbal cue, you're going to tip the person off that, you know, that person was either helping you or not. So a uh, <laughs> lot of fun this game. Uh, when I Dream, my number uh, eight. Number seven. Okay, my number seven is another new mechanism um, that I think is great to introduce to new players again because uh, there's some familiarity with uh, press your luck games. So any game that requires you to sort of keep on uh, like a little mental gambling or that kind of thing um, can be enticing and familiar to a player. Uh, and what this game is, is it's called Diamant or um, in the US it's called Ink and Gold. And it's a very simple premise where Everybody's an archaeologist. Uh, they're all uh, going into this uh, this cave to try to come out with the most treasure. Um, and the way that it's represented on the board is uh, you're laying out cards that represent uh, how how you're going further and further into the, the tunnel of, of the cave. Um, and each card will either have a hazard like a big boulder or a snake or spiders, or it'll have a bunch of different gems on it. And so... After every card's laid out, uh, if, for example, you lay a card out and it has, you know, 10 gems on it, then everybody's going to split those gems evenly. But then everyone simultaneously gets a choice as to, as to whether or not they're going to continue to go deeper into the cave to get more treasure or run back to the base camp. Mm -hmm. uh, and you do that simultaneously. You do it um, with cards at the exact same time. Whoever ends up running back will actually get any treasures that have been left behind by the other players. Um, and anybody that continues will just keep on pressing their luck. The way that the game ends um, is if uh, more uh, two of the same exact hazard come out uh, as these cards are being flipped, then anybody who's still left in the cave loses everything. Uh, so you just play five rounds of the game. It's super simple. There's like no hardly any rules to remember. It's just one of those games that uh, gives you an opportunity to like really laugh at your friends for uh, trying to press their luck too far and then completely failing, uh, but still not making people feel bad because everybody's in it together. So uh, one of my favorite press your luck games, that's Diamant or Ink and Gold. Yeah, I, th I think I remember you adding this to your underrated games. Uh, th this or, was or on was one of my previous one? lists. Yes, um, I think it was um, maybe one of our maybe one of our decade games. Yeah, probably. my favorite games of the decade. Yeah, yeah, this would have been one of them probably. Yeah. I guess you're a huge fan of that. One. Love this game. Yeah, I, I, I taught this to lots and lots of players. So if we ever do a top 100, I expect to see this one in the list. Oh yeah, since it's you've mentioned easily. it so much, it might make my top 50 actually. Yeah, I really like this game. <laughs> All I like right. this game a lot. <laughs> well, uh, so for me, my number seven pick, uh, again, new game mechanisms. Uh, this one is all about engine building and has a little bit of deck building to it, but it's not really a deck builder, but it's called Century Golem Edition. Mm. Uh, so if you've played Century or Century Golem Edition, they're the same uh, type of game where you start out with... Uh, I think two cards, and then you play those to gain more cards, which give you gems, and then there's like four types of gems, and they're different tier levels. And so these new cards that you have in your hand, you can play them to turn in and exchange colors for other colors. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you're trying to claim uh, the different um, 
like goal cards that mm -hmm. have certain requirement of gems. And if, if you collect enough cards, then the game ends and then you count up all the points among everyone's earned cards throughout yep. the game. Mm -hmm. So I, I included this because First of all, it's it adds some new game mechanisms like the sort of engine building uh, style. It adds uh, sort of card management, a little bit of de deck building, whereas you're you know learning how to mm -hmm. like gain new cards and add them. Um, and I think the theme is a little stronger than regular Century, and it's a little more colorful. I think the yeah. components are better. Um, so I feel like if you're teaching this to non-gamers, this is a much more attractive game because yeah. of the artwork. I totally agree. Yep. And once again, it doesn't play for very long. It doesn't take too too long to play through it. Mm -hmm. And I think after a round or maybe two rounds, like everyone takes, you know, everyone understands how to play at that point. And, um, yeah, I, I completely agree with you with this game choice too, because it also has that concept of you're doing like one thing on your turn. You know, mm -hmm. you're either picking a card up yeah. or you're putting one down or you're, you know, buying another card. That's it. Right. So it's real easy yeah, very easy. simple choices here so the, the, the turns mm. typically go really fast uh, especially as people get into it and see and plan ahead as to what they're yeah. going to do so you know yeah. uh, if you haven't i think this is going to be a great one to add to your gateway games list yeah i love this game good pick very good pick that it made it just off my top 10 oh. just off my top 10 we'll see if it if it uh, <laughs> gets mentioned as an honorary mention later. yeah that's right <laughs> number six all right, so for my number six, I've got another game mechanism to teach new players. This one is all about, well, abstract games and uh, building out patterns. Um, it's not quite polyomino, but it is pattern building and it's an abstract game. So this is called Tiny Towns, came out in I think, 2019. Uh, mm -hmm. Very colorful and a lot of replayability because every time you play, there's different uh, cards for each type of building that you can have in the game. And everyone has player uh, variable powers um, and ways to get their special castle uh, tower out on their board. Um, and it plays very quickly and mm -hmm. it's very easy to teach because again you're just choosing a color resource mm -hmm. uh, to put on your board anywhere you want and uh, as soon as you can complete a, uh, a building's arrangement then you get to place that building um, so it's very intuitive I feel like you know once you you know hear the rules or try it one round then you know you, you get it um, there's always those cards sitting in front of you that in, in the middle of the table that show you the patterns that you can make with the various colored resource cubes. Mm -hmm. um, so everything's very plainly stated. You don't even need a player aid. Like it's very yeah, straightforward. Yeah, it's easy game. Um, and, you know, you just pass the first turn player marker and, you know, that's kind of mm -hmm. how it goes. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it was extremely popular when it came out. Um, and I would rank this as a really great gateway game because uh, it introduces sort of everyone's unique player board. You're building out things. You're out, it's an abstract type of thing um, and a lot of variability to it. So uh, this is, I think, a pretty good gateway game if you want to check it out. And if you're curious and have a copy or looking at get a copy, looking to get a copy, um, head over on my YouTube channel. I've got a video where I do a full tutorial of Tiny Towns with mm. all the varying uh, extra rules that you can add into the game, uh, you know, to make it make it a little more, a little bit more meaty. strategic. Yeah, yeah. This I I love this game too. And um, one thing I would suggest too is for new players, 
Um, there's this alternate rule about you can save a couple cubes off to the side or something yeah. to make it a little bit looser mm -hmm. for new players. Um, that that works really well when I've introduced this to people. Yeah. So there's a lot yeah. of great accessibility rules that you can put into this to make it as easy to play for new players or as challenging for mm -hmm. hardcore gamers. Yeah, yeah. My wife's this is one of her favorite games. So mm -hmm. good pick, good pick. So what's your number seven? No, number uh, six. Yes, my number <laughs> six is actually a game that has six in the name. Uh-oh. Uh, this is a card game, and this is called Six Nymphed, uh, or uh, which is the German word. I think it, it actually is uh, Take Six in, in the U.S. I think it's pronounced Nymphed. Nymphed. Uh, that's, I like how you said that. <laughs> and you have to do that with your head as nymped. well. Real quick. Um, <laughs> that's You're just doing your impression of the chameleon that I talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, so Six Nymphed is a, a, a just a, a deck of cards. I'm just um, kidding. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. I knew you weren't serious. But he immediately started saying it, so I had to clarify. I have no idea if that's right. Have you played this game? No. Oh, you haven't even played this game. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, so <laughs> I'm just trying to throw you off. Yeah, yeah it worked. It worked. Um, so Six Nymphed is a, a game that has exactly 104 cards, and they're numbered from 1 to 104. Cool. Um, but the fun of the game is you're, you're basically making uh, four rows of cards that are on the table, uh, and then you're basically um, you're giving ten cards to everybody else that's that's at the table. And on your turn, you have to play one of your cards to one of those four rows uh, in ascending order. Uh, the the issue is though, as you're playing the game, as soon as one of those rows has five cards in it. If anyone plays a card and it has to go in that row uh, to make six cards, uh, they have to take all the cards in front of that. So they have to take five five of those cards, and then their card becomes the new card. And the reason that that's bad is that every one of the cards has uh, like these little cows um, on them or cow you know, bulls, and uh, the number of bulls that you collect at the end of the game are bad. So you want to collect the least amount possible. Mm. Uh, so you basically just play your hand out. Everybody plays these cards simultaneously. They all get sorted in, you know, in ascending order to these rows. Uh, and it's just a lot of fun, a lot of tension, um, hoping that you're playing smart so that somebody else plays a card before you or, or after you so that you don't have to take all those cards. Uh, and this has been a, a real big hit for people because um, it's just such a simple game to play. You know, you're just revealing a card um, and that's it. Um, and it plays up to 10 players. So Six Nymphed is uh, one of the best gateway games I've introduced to new people. And that's why it's my number six. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, that pick. Just I think the um, the games that have just a card, you know, deck of cards mm -hmm. with simple rule sets. I mean, that those usually go over very well because people yeah. are used to, you know, holding cards for poker or goldfish yeah. Or, yeah there's no, nothing like and they're they're numbered so it's just numbers and colors it's you know yeah. pretty easy or uno or something yeah like. and it's it's amazing the tension you can get out of just a simple deck of cards so mm -hmm. yeah nice yeah. Cool. cool number five all right for my number five um i picked a game that uh has no words at all it's just all about pictures uh and this game is called dixit uh, this is a, uh, an award-winning game. Um, it came out several years ago, and uh, it's just a, another very simple game, uh, but it allows players who like to give clues um, a really interesting way of doing that. Um, and the way that this game works is everybody has a hand of cards, and the cards have this really like abstract-type uh, fanciful artwork on them. Uh, and the, the person whose turn it is, they 
choose one of those cards, and then they just give a clue. And it's whatever they want. So there's no rules with what type of clues you give. You can say a whole sentence. You can say the title of a movie, whatever it is. Uh, and then everybody else has to look at their hand of cards mm -hmm. and choose one that they think best matches that clue. All these cards are placed face down on the table so nobody sees anybody else's cards. They're shuffled together and then they're laid out in front. And then everybody has to vote on which card was the person who gave the clue. Uh, and the way uh, that the game plays as far as point scoring is you want uh, somebody to guess your card, but not everybody. Mm -hmm. So if you give a really, really obvious clue that everybody guesses your card, you don't get any points for it. Uh, but if you can get just at least one person to guess it, but not anybody else, or a few people to guess it, but not all of them, then you end up getting points. Um, so it's a, it's a very simple way of uh, playing this uh, really unique game um, that has, uh, for me at least, uh, really brought a lot of people into the hobby, realizing that games can be a lot more uh, and a lot more fun uh, and even strategic uh, than than you know just the simple kind of word games or Scrabble type games that they played that that have and these types of clues. For what it is, it's also very creative. You know, it, yes. it kind of you have to tap yep. into that creative side and, and be able to explain something. You know, mm -hmm. and, and that's uh, also unique for it is, and, and and it's it's creative in a way where you're not you're not telling somebody they have to go up, like get, get up in front of everybody and do charades or anything like that. So this works you know well with people who are more introverted too mm -hmm. um so yeah i love this game dixit um one of my favorites and that's why it made my number five cool cool my number five introduces another game mechanism and this is all about bluffing and i feel like you can't do any better than sheriff of nottingham that's yeah, a great game and when you play that i mean you can add the expansions or not but of course if you're doing just uh just new players you could stick with the base game mm -hmm. um and if you haven't played it basically you've got a number of cards that you draw and you have i think up to five mm -hmm. and then you can place up to five into your personal bag uh and then you uh everyone's taking turns being the sheriff so the sheriff doesn't do this um, and then it passes around until everyone's been the sheriff, I believe, once. Yeah. Maybe twice. Yeah, but, once or twice. Yeah. Um, so the sheriff has to go through each player's bag and hold it and say, do I, you know, what what is in this bag? Because he's looking for contraband as people sneak stuff through to Nottingham. Mm -hmm. And the player has to essentially lie or, you know, just tell the truth because the contraband is worth a lot of points. Um, but the the not contraband like apples and cheese and things chickens. like that chickens <laughs> yeah um, they're not worth as much points and so you have to tell them exactly how many cards are in there of what and you can only tell them one thing so you mm -hmm. can't say it's a mix of this and that that's still illegal mm -hmm. um, you can only bring in one type of good um, but if he doesn't open your bag you get to keep everything that you brought in no matter what you said yep. But if he opens your bag, then uh, if you're lying, then he gets the money uh, and you lose. Yeah, you basically stuff. get fined. Yeah, you get a fine. Yeah. Um, but one of the, the fun things of this is those bags have a button clipped on <laughs> yes, them. Yes. And the rule is, as long as that button doesn't pop open, 
uh, <laughs> then, you know, he can do he whatever has to he wants. Yeah, yeah, he has yeah. to check the bag. <laughs> so that's like the turning point of whether or not he's opening your bag or not. Um, but it's a lot of fun because people really get into the theme of this and really get into, uh, especially being the sheriff, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I always enjoy it because it's like, mess with your friends because other people <laughs> the other thing is other people can uh try to persuade to bribe the sheriff, the sheriff <laughs> yeah. to open or not open certain yeah. people's bags yes. and it's like oh i think that they've got contraband i will give you two coins if you open his or <laughs> i'll give you three coins if you don't open mine that kind yeah, of thing yeah um so there's a lot of negotiation um and bluffing involved in this and it plays very quickly and it's just it's so easy to play. And, it really is a good it, game. It's so fun. And it's not aged a day. Uh, mm. So it's definitely one to keep in your collection. And definitely pick up a copy if you can. Um, and I do recommend the expansion if you get a chance to do that. I uh, can't think of what it's called right uh, now. I think it's the Merry Men. The Merry Men. Yeah, because you can add more, of you get to add more players with that too, right? And more yeah. ways to score points, which yeah. is also cool. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a great gateway game. And uh, I recommend that for you know teaching bluffing. Good yeah. pick. Very good pick. Yeah, I love this one too. Number four. So my number four pick is another great game that can be played by anybody and pretty much any age. And I've played this with my daughters as well, and they love it. It's called Camel Up, and this involves mm -hmm. camels going on a crazy race uh, one time around the track, which circles a, a pyramid. And that pyramid is where the dice go, and the dice all represent uh, the color of the various camels. And mm -hmm. Uh, through this game, the, the main mechanisms are your your uh, your betting, and it's also a race. And so there's two aspects of this that are often uh, quite unique and mm. surprising to mm. a lot of new gamers. That first of all, that you can just race, and second of all, that you can bet and and win that way. Um, so every leg of the game is basically every five dice that come out. Um, you can do certain actions and, and um, do various bets for that leg of who's going to be in the in the front in the lead. Uh, each die has up to uh, is one, two, or three, um, mm -hmm. but they're six sided dice, and um, whatever you know comes out, that's that color goes that many spaces. But the 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 clever thing is the camels are shaped in a way where they stack on top of each other, hence camel up. And if <laughs> the camels underneath. If, if the one on the bottom is moving, then everyone on top of it also moves with him. So there's a, there is some strategy to this to mm -hmm. figure out, you know, which one is more likely to be ahead at the end of each leg. Uh, and of course, there's always betting on the ultimate first place and the ultimate last place uh, for additional money. And everything's done with these uh, little plastic coins. Yeah. Um, and it <clears throat> plays in like 30 minutes and people really get into it because it's a very, it's got pop-up stuff. The new edition yeah. has like pop-up Yeah, definitely. Stuff. If you're going to get one, get the new edition. It's, it's very, very colorful very and just engaging. And it's one of those games that also has a really good table presence. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're walking by, you're like, oh man, that looks really interesting. What's going on there? Mm -hmm. um, and so it does kind of speak for itself as to what's going on. And then it's just like, oh, wow, how do I bet on this? And it just brings people around the table. Yeah. And um, there's, there's in this game, too, it has those really high moments, too, yeah. where, you know, everybody can is like standing up waiting yeah. to see what happens. Very so, it's uh, like, oh, don't let the black one come out. Don't let the purple one yeah. come out. That kind of thing. It's like, ah, I have my money on the green. Yeah, really, really, really fun. This is one of my top racing games. Excellent. So I love yeah. this game, too. It's, it's a great racing game. It's a mm. great betting game. Um, so, you know. I love it. Good pick. Good pick. Thanks. So for my number four, it's 
also, a, it's a bidding game. A bidding um, game. So it's not a betting game, but it's a bidding game. Close. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it uses the same first letter. No, no. Uh, so it's got to be a similar. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, if you've listened to some of the uh, previous podcasts or our videos that we've done, you'll know that Reiner Knizia is one of my favorite uh, game designers. We know that. <laughs> and um, actually, although I was going to say, I was going I was going with bidding, and I just instantly saw, thought of uh, Reiner Knizia. This is actually not... This is Stefandora. I just remember that. So this is a game called For Sale. Mm -hmm. And For Sale is a game where everybody is bidding on properties. Uh, so kind of uh, like Monopoly, kind of like Monopoly, but actually fun. <laughs> mm, and this is just cards, right? <laughs> just cards. It's cards and, and money, really. Um, but yeah, another deck of cards. And um, what you're doing is you have fun for the simple, simple, very simple. Yeah, because non-threatening. It's more. It's more just like. If the if you tell me um, you know you don't tell me if you don't tell me who's going to be there this is what I'm bringing because I know it'll be a hit with with anybody you know um, except for me I hate this. except for you, you don't like this game <laughs> I've never played it it's great oh, oh. Right, see now I, never, I get my I never, gamer card back this time <laughs> I never played any of the games he suggests <laughs> oh yeah have you not played any of these no I, I oh, you played, played some of them, some of them. Okay. <laughs> um, they're so like good you know it's just you know you, you have to you have to work your way up to the upper echelon yeah, um, yeah. okay <laughs> so with this game you know you have uh, you're putting out uh, building cards that represent different houses uh, from one to thirty. And uh, the houses with lower numbers are like, uh, you know, a cardboard box or an outhouse, whereas mm. the ones with higher numbers are like mansions and, you know, international space stations and things like that. A yacht. A yacht. Actually, there's probably a boat home on yeah. one of these. Uh, and then house. you have a certain amount of money that everybody starts the game out with. And you're just doing a traditional bidding. You know, I, I bid 1000 on this and then somebody has to up the bid to 2000 and it just keeps going until somebody passes. And then as soon as you pass, you basically take the lowest valued home and then it just re keeps repeating itself um, but this has two different phases so the second phase of the game after everybody has acquired their properties is you then lay out cards that represent uh, different checks that you're going to get for selling your houses and they uh, go from like zero to fifteen thousand uh, dollars so that part of the game has this simultaneous um, element where uh, the cards come out Everybody will reveal one card at the same time, and then whoever's property is the most valuable, meaning the highest number on the card, they get the highest check. Mm. And you just do that, two quick rounds, whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins. So um, a real easy game to teach, you know, really simple mechanisms, and it teaches some fun auction bidding type mechanics. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why for sale is mine, number four. Sweet. Number three. Okay, so my number three um, is a really popular game that I think probably a lot of you have already heard of if you're not already into the board game hobby, and that is Codenames. Um, Codenames is a fantastic game. I think one of the best party games uh, to come out in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, this game is also one you can buy at Target. There are Tons of different implementations of it. You can get a Disney version, a Simpsons version, a Marvel version, Harry Potter, a Harry Potter version. So it's it goes um, on and on. it goes on and on. Uh, and there's also you know a pictures version versus a word version. Um, but what it is is it's um, it's a, a team based game where you're also again giving clues and you're laying these cards out in a grid and each card will have either a picture or an, or an, or a word on the card. Uh, and then two people are going to be the "Quote unquote spy masters," uh, which uh, really are just the clue givers for that round. Uh, so 
if it's me, I'll give clues to my team and then Jared will give clues to his team, uh, trying to guess the right Com uh, the right words on the board. Uh, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to uncover all of our secret words before the other team. But the uh, one of the really interesting thing things about the game is there's one card on the board that if your team guesses it, you instantly lose the game. Uh, so you have to give clues uh, that are uh, very um, clever clues. But, but a little specific and not but, too generalized. Yes. They, they don't... You don't want them to take that accidentally. That's right. You, so you have to be careful not to give a clue that would make them pick that one card. So, for example, let's say that you have uh, several different cards on the board uh, and you're playing the pictures version. And they have like a tree and leaves and grass or something. So you might say um, lawn care and uh, three. So what you're trying to say is, okay, I have a, your clue is lawn care, and there's three cards that meet that clue that are on the board. Mm -hmm. And then your team has to try to one by one guess those. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's really the gist of the game. Um, it's really tense because you're, especially if you get behind, you're trying to give clues that help them guess a lot of the different cards at once to catch up. And you're allowed to, you know, put any number in there, but yeah. the word that you give is that, you know, that's the hard part is you're trying to link link as many of these random words with one word clues and then if you you know if you can link them then you can add you know let's yeah. say four of these cards can be linked to this word so you know word four yeah know. and and it's it's so tense as the clue giver you cannot give any hint at all no gestures as your team is trying to figure out which words they are mm -hmm. you can't say anything and it's it's hilarious when you give a clue and and your team just completely takes that in a different direction and uh, and, and picks the like, wrong cards oh. or picks the other team's <laughs> cards. Um, so this one is a, just a fantastic game. Um, I think any of the versions are good, but um, definitely either the traditional code names or code names pictures um, are what made it my number three. I also enjoy code names duet, which is great for a two-player game. Yeah, yeah, two, that, that's one that my wife and I like to play. Mm -hmm. It's cooperative. Mm -hmm. um, it has a little bit more rules overhead, um, but uh, but not much. Yeah, not much. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say it's great for like a one-on-one -on -one to new non-gamer. Yeah, but yeah. regular code names yeah. played with a group is perfect. I think. Yeah, so that's yeah. a good. Pick. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, my number three pick is uh, a game. It, it covers a game mechanism that he's already discussed, and that's a uh, push your luck type of game. Hmm. Uh, this is a relatively new game. Uh, came out, I think, 2019, called The Quacks of Quedlinburg. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so this is a couple things. This is push your luck and it's bag building. So I tried to mm -hmm. smush all these different new game mechanisms as much yeah. as I could yeah, at the top yeah, 10s. That, yeah, that, you're right. You're right about that. So one of the ways you're, you're, uh, mm -hmm. you're drawing stuff is um, you, you at the end of the round, you, you earn a certain number of production points and then you're, you're able to buy up to two different uh, ingredients, ingredient tokens. Mm -hmm. And they're all the same shape because uh, the main part is when you reach in your bag and you're trying to pull out ingredient tokens without looking. Um, unfortunately, there's a number of these cherry bomb tokens that also have that same shape, so you can't really know by feel. Um, and if you get enough cherry bombs so that their values shown are seven or more, mm -hmm. or more than seven, yeah. um, then you've busted, right? And if you bust, then you, you don't get both the victory points and the production points. You have to pick one. Yeah. Uh, and you also just are just disqualified from other uh, bonuses, bonuses. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
your you know your earning points this way then the game plays over like seven or eight rounds mm-hmm. um but it plays very quickly and it also slowly introduces new ingredients uh within the first three rounds so you're not fully overwhelmed with yeah. what your possibilities are you just have like four or so to choose from then you have five and then another round you have six and they're like okay yeah, this I see what's going on. I could see why I want that one. And mm-hmm. now that I'm generating more production points, I might invest in one of these because if I get to pull it, then it's going to make me, you know, do this and that. And they all have varying, uh, varying abilities um, based on the different um, sides of the book tiles that mm-hmm. you use. Mm-hmm. Um it's like four different versions. There's, there's combos, like quite a yeah. few of, of various yeah. uh, sides to all the different colors. And if you're like me, you look on BGG for all the fan-made ones and print those out <laughs> as well. I've not, I've not done that before. I have done that. Okay, I printed it out, glued it on some cardboard, and then you got yeah. infinite playability mm. <laughs> for that kind of thing. Mm. So, um, But it's, uh, it's also very non-threatening, um, but everyone has their own board. And so it introduces that and the fun part of are you going to keep drawing tokens or are you so close to busting over that cherry bomb, uh, the cherry bomb value? Are you going to just stop? Cause you're running out of tokens, you know, mm-hmm. like how many ingredients did I really put in this bag? Um, that kind of thing. So it's a lot of fun. Everybody always has a good time. Um, I think it works really well to introduce yeah. those kinds of concepts, and uh, it's just a solid game. Yeah. Quacks of Quillenberg. Good pick. That's one of my favorite pressure luck games. Yep, I love it. Number two. So for my number two pick, uh, I wanted to pick a game that would introduce uh, polyominoes in the most palatable way because polyomino polyomino games have really come a long way with games like isle of cats and then feast for odin if you want to go as heavy as you can and uh uh, and even lighter stuff patchwork and cottage garden but for my pick i'm going with arial which is a relatively new one and the way it plays uh up to four people uh you have your own personal board that's vertical that really looks like a a tetris board (laughs) (laughs) because all the pieces are tetris pieces save for like one that's different it's like a little three three square Mm -hmm. uh 90 degree corner Uh, but every other piece is something you saw in tetris and the way it works is uh there's a center um piece that rotates uh clockwise and it has certain cards on them and the orientation is is determined and so on your turn you can choose any of these um uh, polyominoes pictured on the card take the card and then you take that polyomino uh, uh cardboard token and put it on your board as if it were sliding down uh, from the top of your board. Just like Tetris. Just like Tetris. (laughs) And of course, if you create full lines, then you're able to uh, bump up your... your 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 limit there's like mm-hmm. a banner that goes mm-hmm. on the top mm-hmm. so when you create a full line your banner goes up as if it were tetris and you cleared out the bottom yeah but instead of clearing stuff because that would make it very difficult they just raise it up from, uh, from the top um and also once you've created uh groups of um like colored uh, shapes. Co- colored shapes yeah. that you know i think it's like at least two together mm-hmm. then you place a little guy on him uh, and then, you know, he can come off the board as long as you don't um, bust at the end of the round. And to bust, that means that you are forced to place uh, a polyomino that either, you know, reaches or exceeds that that banner. 
um, then you know you lose all the guys that you placed on the banner that you earned this round. Um, so those are um, it's it's really fun and it takes the concepts that people are very familiar with and mm. puts it onto a table. Um, but one of the cool things too is that that centerpiece as it rotates, your your action is either uh, take. Uh, yeah, I think you have two actions. You, you can either take uh, polyominoes as one and two, or you can use those actions to rotate it clockwise, yeah, right. which yep. also is how you would be able to take that uh, piece in a different orientation. Like rotate it like you mm -hmm. would in Tetris. Like in yeah. Tetris, but mm -hmm. you can't take the card and then rotate it however you want. You have to orient it in your board the same way that you took it and mm -hmm. so because of that like everyone's facing this center uh dial and from a different perspective mm -hmm. um so it's placed through three rounds and then you just play until the cards are all out and then uh then you move on to the next round and it's a lot of fun um mm -hmm. points are always you know it's just great yeah this is one i'm uh if i get to see this one and say i'm going to pick this one up because i really yeah. enjoyed playing this one yeah it's pretty straightforward and you know as long as you say hey this is just like tetris and let me show you how that works and why it's different in a multiplayer way people are like yeah i'm Easy. down for that that looks cool yeah yeah good pick i like that game a lot okay so for my number two um i picked a dice game um dice are super familiar to everybody uh this game all it monopoly. has no it's not it's not monopoly <laughs> But it does have money cards, uh, but okay. it's not. But it's not paper money. It's it's money cards. It's that's pretty much it. Money cards and dice. And the name of the game is called Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a game where uh, you have different um, tiles that you're putting on the board that represent basically like, like a casino, mm -hmm. and they're numbered from one to six, just like a dice. And then everybody has eight of their own colored dice. And the way the game plays is uh, on your turn, you roll all your dice, and then you choose uh, which of those dice to place on the number one through number six spots. So, uh, but you have to place all of that number you choose of the dice you have on that spot. So if I rolled and I had you know, three threes and I wanted to put my dice on three, then I have to take all three of those dice and place them there. Um, and everybody does that, and you just keep going around in clockwise order until everybody's out of dice. And then whoever has the most dice on any one of those six spaces gets to actually win a stack of money that's placed next to those spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and then you play three rounds. Whoever has the most money wins the game. Uh, the thing about this is it's you can teach this game in a minute. It's so simple. I think you already did. And I, I pretty, pretty much did. That was pretty much the, the, yeah. the, the game. Um, but there's some great choices that give, you know, there's not a ton of choices because you're limited to just what you have in front of you with dice. But there's some strategic choices about where you place your dice because you're kind of teaching area control, mm -hmm. you know, um, in a way that's, you know, uh, it's not super, it's not hidden. It's right out in the open to everybody. Uh, if I have the most dice, I get, I get the thing. Um, but there's one really cool twist on this game that I think makes it great. And that is... At any point at the end of the round, if there are the exact same number of dice on any of those tiles, those dice cancel out. Mm -hmm. So you and another player could have four dice on one space, uh, and then another person could have one dice. And at the end of the round, if you both have four and four, they all cancel, and the person who has the one dice takes the money. Mm. So that Oof. just gives that extra little layer of strategy to this game. Uh, that that otherwise is just super simple, mm -hmm. and I have never had this game go bad for anybody. Yeah. So Las Vegas, a classic, and still my number two uh, gateway game to introduce new players. Honorable mentions. 
Okay, so before we get to our number one, uh, we're going to give you a couple of our honorable mentions that just fell off the list. So, Jared, you want to start with yours first? Sure. Um, so I, I had a few honorable mentions, but I think I'll just limit limit it to talking about two. Um, the first one uh, is Quest for El Dorado. Mm -hmm. um, that one's a great really deck building game. game with little small cards, very not not intimidating at all. And But you've got this map and you've got a little meeple guy. And so you're teaching the concept of a meeple. You're teaching deck building and uh, like sort of area control because you kind of have to block out mm -hmm. certain sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but you're just racing. So it's also a racing game. It's like a lot of different things in a small uh, easy to comprehend game. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got a standard box size and whatnot because of all the huge tiles needed for the map, but uh, it's it's very easy to play and I think it introduces a lot of core concepts really well to new players. Yeah, I love this game, man. Mm -hmm. Reiner Knizia, so you it's know Knizia, I'm going to like it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what about you? You want to give uh, us one? Yeah, so um, one I like is called New York Slice. Mm, uh, yeah. And um, this game is great because the pieces look like a, like a medium sized pizza. Mm -hmm. um, you have you have like a I think it eight or nine slices mm -hmm. um, are these cardboard tiles that look like pizza, pieces of pizza with different toppings on them, and um, it's really just uh, one of those um, I cut you choose I cut you choose mechanisms yeah. where you you know you've got the whole pizza, you split it among the number of people that you have. Uh, and you're doing it in a way uh, knowing that you're going to be the last person to pick mm -hmm. uh, from the slices that you've put in groups. And uh, really just set collection game. You're trying to collect, you know, as many ones or nines or eights yeah. as you... Pepperonis as you, are points and anchovies pepperonis are, are negative points. Anchovies are negative points. Yeah. So easy to teach because of the theme. Um, looks great on the table. Really pulls people in because even the box looks like a pizza yeah. box, and the score tracker looks like a menu. If you were, it's a good game. If you weren't really paying attention, you just walk by. You might assume people are just sitting around eating pizza. Yeah, it's that. It looks like realistic pizza. It's yeah. not cartoony yeah, or anything yeah. like that. It's very realistic yeah, as far so, as the art. So. Yeah. So this one draws people in. So New York Slice is uh, is a great game. Yeah, that's a great pick. What was your other? Uh, one? I think for my other one would be. Probably another deck building game, which is more of a mm. pure deck building game called Subatomic, an atom building game. I've never played this. So this is from the Genius Games uh, line okay. of yeah, science-based yeah. games. They also did Cytosis, which is another great worker placement game. Mm. Uh, but Subatomic, basically you've got your small uh, player board where you can create and build out uh, an atom with varying amounts of protons and neutrons with one or two electrons and to play or to do those you have to play cards and the cards might say like you get an electron so you put a little token on the electron or you might play a neutron you place a little token uh, or you move the token upwards rather to mm. keep track of how many neutrons and protons that you have um, and as you play these you can also instead of playing the card for what they are just put them face down and collect energy because you also have to spend energy to do a lot of different other actions including um uh, play, uh, buying cards requires energy a lot of times, uh, as well as specific cards. So like uh, you use quarks as your starting deck of cards, uh, both red and blue quarks. Uh, and so certain cards, uh, the top row of available cards, you know, you have to have a combination of those those quarks to take them, which have the larger uh, subatomic particles. And then you can play multiple subatomic particles to get the bigger like uh, molecules uh, that have mm. even more in it. And so as you slowly build this deck up, you get more and more powerful uh, hands. And, uh, and it's educational. It's boot. very educational. <laughs> You're totally learning a lot of cool stuff. There's some bonus tokens you can earn uh, every time you complete a... Uh, 
an element. And so uh, you collect these elements, which are the points, um, and then you have to remove the atom that you just built because mm -hmm. the atoms that you're building up are going to become hopefully one of those three available um, elements that are drawn. And then another one comes out and replaces that. Um, so it's very educational. It's a lot of fun. It's a uh, deck builder in a very pure sense. And, uh, and you know, it doesn't take very long. So I really recommend you take, take a look at that. Hmm. But I felt like with all the other um, card sort of deck building stuff I had going on in this list, I yeah. didn't really quite make it. Yeah, I'll have to try this game sometime. Yeah. Um, so my set, my other one is called a game called You Blew It. And uh, this was on sale at Target as well. Um, hmm. it, it actually, you can't miss it because it comes in a... Uh, container that looks like a big stick of dynamite <laughs> uh, and it's a push your luck game um, the cool thing with this game is again it, it looks really neat because the dice itself are look like sticks of dynamite mm -hmm. but they're really eight-sided dice yeah uh, and so what you're doing is you're just trying to collect like gems uh, but not get the one gems that you that aren't you know are going to give you negative points and you do that by you know rolling dice and then pressing your luck to see if you can you know get the most gems <laughs> so um, pretty easy to teach and um, it, it has a cool you know, theme, like a prospector type theme. Uh, so this is another one that I'd recommend called You Blew It. Can I mention one more? Yeah. So uh, one other that I really almost included and was on my list until I sort of uh, kind of moved things around a bit, but it's Azul. And hmm. I think this is a really popular game, um, both for strategy, you know, gamers, and it's great to introduce to people. Mm -hmm. The reason I took it off, I felt like it was a little bit too abstract a little bit harder yeah. to kind of explain why you want to collect these things right and like how you know, building like no, up there's the like rows. no theme yeah there's <laughs> really no theme to it yeah. so it's harder to get people into it yeah. although i mean it's probably a great game to introduce like after other things yeah th this is like the kind of game that like if i was having a couple's night yeah. i would definitely bring this one out because i have taught this and mm -hmm. have have had people like ordered off amazon mm -hmm. as soon as they're they're done um, so I, it's a great pick. It's just, it's tougher, especially if yeah. you only have four players too. Sometimes you have a bigger crowd to, mm -hmm. you know, so it's harder to get to the table. I just felt like it was just slightly too complex to make my list yeah. for sort of the criterion that I was yeah. going for. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, so on to our number ones. Yeah. So let's do number one. Number one. Okay. So my number one is just one. Just one. Just one. <laughs> so uh, just one. I just one. got this game actually. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's it's so good. Um, just one is an. It's again next to code names. Um, this uh, to me is probably the best party game that best I've word seen. Game. Best word game. Um, you know, in the past five years that's come out. Um, it's so simple, uh, which is the beauty of this game. There's and just one rule. There's one rule, <laughs> and that is. Uh, you have a card that's in front of the, the person who, who can't see it, and the card's going to have five different uh, words on it. And everybody else at the table sees the card. So the person who can't see the card just says a number between one and five, uh, and let's say that corresponds to the word mountain. And then they close their eyes, and then everybody secretly writes down a one-word clue, just one word, that describes mountain. Uh, but what happens is every, as soon as everybody at the table is finished writing down their word, they show it to everybody else at the table. And if anyone uh, has written the same uh, clue word as anybody else, those words get flipped face down. So 
the the person it's who's choices the person see. who's closing their eyes isn't going to see them. So then the person opens their eyes and they have to try to guess the word mountain based on whatever clues are still left over. Mm-hmm. Um, the game plays so fast; it's um, just really capitalizes on that kind of classic game feel, but with a little bit of a modern spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game is one that I will n- it'll, this will always be in my bag anytime I go to somebody's house to teach games or introduce them to new games. Yeah. Uh, so just one is my number one. Excellent. You can't beat that with uh, number yeah. one. Just... We've not had any crossovers at this point, so. No, but yeah. that's about to change. Is it really? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Because, you can pick this one. <laughs> because my number one <laughs> yep. <clears throat> has already been mentioned by my buddy Jay. Okay. So it's, it's not, so it's not going to be your, your number one, I don't think. It's going to be something else. Let's see. Okay, go ahead. So it's a card game. Okay. It's not Six and Empty because you don't know that one. It's a card it's drafting sale. game. Drafting, drafting. Because I haven't on my list yet introduced a card drafting oh, game. yeah, okay. So this is, this is Sushi Go. Sushi Go, yeah. Which is his number 10. That's right. Uh, but it's my number opposite one. Opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> opposite, opposite. But still made the list, and yeah. that's important because mm-hmm. this game is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, uh, it's again, it's a deck of cards. Um, it's set collection. It's card drafting. And all of these concepts mm-hmm. are uh, easy to to learn and easy to play and it's fast to get through it uh, mm-hmm. so you can do multiple games if you really wanted to and just kind of go for a tournament or something yeah um and you can pretty much bring it anywhere because it's got such a small footprint um and since it's uh you know just pl- putting cards in front of you like you don't really need a whole table space to yeah. do it even yep yep um but it's a really cool game the artwork's nice um and it's it's been popular with everybody i've ever played it with and yeah. that's all ages um and, you know, as he mentioned, there's Sushi Go Party, which if you really knew you were going to like a convention or, or just a, a big gathering of people where maybe they're not all gamers, you know, get yeah. that 10 player version yeah. and teach that. Because, again, even if you're teaching to 10 people, I mean, it's just like two rules yeah, and then you're done. Super simple. So it's, ah, it's great. I think cool. it's just sort of the quintessential like gateway game. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and, and that's a great one to cross over. I felt like <laughs> out of all my 10, that my, this one was the most crossovery and, and yeah. like common yeah come and pick yeah and th- this is this has sold so many copies mm-hmm. so huge i think hugely popular. yeah so many gamers i know have this one in their collection yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised if you watching haven't already played yeah. or at least heard of this game yeah absolutely so, oh great good so pick. that's our Ready top pick. 10 gateway games and i feel like since we have so many picks and as i was going through my collection i've got dozens more mm-hmm. that i could add to this list yeah yeah um, same here so let us know you know if, if uh if we get a lot of likes and comments on this requesting another one kind of a follow-up for either either more top 10 ga- uh, gateway games or maybe the level two or whatever yeah, like next the step next over. step uh gateway mm-hmm. games you know we'd be happy to do that so let yeah, us know be a lot of fun and I, I think we'll we'll consider that. But I think for next time, we've got some other top tens planned. Yeah. I'm um, very excited about, but I don't want to spoil that for you. <laughs> so you'll have to stick stick around and um, so to make sure that you don't miss anything on this mm-hmm. channel, including all the podcasts that we do. Uh, hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you can get notified when the videos come out. Yeah. And if you're listening on the podcast, 
Um, yeah, this is a part of a YouTube channel, Meeple Mentor. And yeah. please head over there because you'll get to see our bright and shining faces, a video version of this podcast. And uh, if you are on YouTube and hey, you're like, I like listening, but I don't really have that time to sit in front but of my computer. But you don't like our faces. <laughs> but maybe, or maybe he's too ugly for you. <laughs> yes. Um, you can listen in your car or on your phone or wherever because we're on all the different streaming That's servers. Right. The uh, dulcet towns, uh, the dulcet tones of our voice will put you to sleep in the car. Yes. So don't do uh, <laughs> but yeah so and and if you are uh, listening to a podcast we'd love to see uh, have your ratings yeah, yeah. um you know some some feedback and comments in those um and share with your friends yeah and we really appreciate you guys uh listening and and watching uh and just supporting the channel in general um and if this is all that you've seen on the channel um i will also point out that the the crux of the channel is doing uh tutorials for uh, medium to heavyweight complexity games. So if you're looking for fully, uh, fully explained in-depth uh, rules that cover everything mm -hmm. you need to know for those really complex games, this is the channel to stick at. Uh, I do I release two a month. And uh, we also do um, recently a new series of news, which is just mm -hmm. generally going through what's what's happening in the board game industry. So instead of waiting for a podcast mm -hmm. to discuss it uh, in you know ad nauseum, uh, I do a very short, you know, almost bulleted uh, news report. You know, mm -hmm. and I cover the top kickstarters that are out that you might want to look at, the the top games being played on BGG, what's happening in the industry mm -hmm. from a business perspective. Uh, you'll hear about a new. Um, board game content creator uh, because if you didn't know that we are part of a mm. community of board game content creators yeah. it's called the gateway network so in this news uh series i also shout out at least one of them um to sort of point you towards some other great great you know people working on some stuff within board gaming yeah um and in this little new segment i also tend to talk just a little bit about behind the scenes stuff with the channel so if you want to know more you know, head check over and check out. those out. Yeah. Um, well, I guess uh, with having said that, I've been Jay. And I've been Jared. And we will catch you next time. See you guys. Bye.